going on, guys? It's your hobby, David Sinclair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. You are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sinclair Speaks Show podcast. I'm your host, Yahabi Sinclair. Now, guys, I have the honor to introduce another impactful special guest with honor and privilege to introduce Kuda Baza. Now, serial entrepreneur, author, coach, speaker, this man had come to the United States with only $40 and has built an empire in business. And now he's going around the world and he's influencing and impacting lives. He's had the privilege to speak on TED Talks platforms. He had the privilege to go back and, you know, educate the youth in schools and also feeding the homeless and giving back. Without honor and ado, Kuda Biza, please give give um, my audience, of course, a three to five uh, minute introduction on yourself, your brand, your business, and of course, what brings you on to the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. Hey, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to, to be here. Uh, I've been on maybe close to 100 podcast episodes, and I think you have the most energetic, hello, how are you doing? You know, it's, it's, it's probably uh, the, the best uh, energy I've seen. So, so thank you so much. And, uh, you know, like you've mentioned, you know, I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, started, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur when I was still in Zimbabwe when I was nine years old. Uh, I was, um, you know, frustrated because my mom didn't give me money for, for ice cream. So I started a window cleaning business with my friends. So we just went around the neighborhood cleaning people's windows. And, you know, that's how we made money over the summer. And, you know, it scratched that entrepreneurial itch and it, it just lived on. So when I came to the U.S., I started my second business when I was in college. So I would take classes and after classes, come back, work on my business, built that to the point where we educated hundreds of kids across the continent of Africa, and then spent over a decade in a, in a Fortune 500 company building businesses too. So basically my job was, hey, come up with ideas and if they're good ideas, we'll give you money and you turn them into businesses. So that's what I did uh, for over 10 years. And then now I am uh, you know, running a cookie company where we have a buy one, give one model. So for every cookie that we sell, we donate a meal to someone in need through our impact partners like Feeding America, World Vision, and New York City Relief. So I'm really excited about the work that we're doing. So if you were to put in a sentence who I am and what I do, I'm a serial entrepreneur who builds profitable businesses to help solve social issues like education and hunger. So, so that's Kuda Biza. That's that's really powerful. I kind of want to unpack everything. I'm I'm sipping out of my coffee cup and, and it's Mark Black Excellence. And I'm and I'm thinking of you because at the age of nine, you did you know that you were an entrepreneur? At that at that age, did you know? Did you know that you were gonna be in the position that you're in now? I don't think anybody knows where they're gonna be, right, in the future, because a lot happens, you know, between the time you're nine and even by the time you're 12, right? Three years, you know, when you're young, it's, it's, it's quite a lot. But what I did know was that I wanted to become an entrepreneur because like I said, once you, once you scratch that itch, you, 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 you know what entrepreneurship could do because think about it. I didn't have to rely on my mom or my dad to give me money to buy like, you know, snacks, things like small things because I had figured out a way to, to generate those means by myself. I become somewhat financially independent 
uh, from my parents, you know, like I had my little savings and I could do whatever I needed to do. So at a very young age, I realized that becoming an entrepreneur, owning a business um, is the quickest way for you to achieve financial freedom, right? Um, education, the education system usually teaches people that, hey, go to school, go to a good college, get an education, get a job, which is all fine and good. However, depending on where you're trying to go personally in terms of impact, in terms of your own personal financial freedom, entrepreneurship is the most powerful and quickest tool in order to do that. And at a very young age, I realized that. So, you know, when people would ask me the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd always tell people that, hey, for the first part of my career, I want to be a pilot because I really wanted to fly. And I actually came to study aviation. But I'd always tell people that, hey, after a few years of flying, I'm going to become a businessman because my future, my legacy lies in my ability to create business systems um, that can then be self-sustaining. If I rely on a paycheck, I'm always dependent. So I, I, I quickly understood that when I was very young. And, you know, that's why, like, even in college, my focus was, hey, how can I start a business, right? Even if it's with 150 bucks and I'm still a poor college student eating ramen noodle, I can still figure out a way to become resourceful and, and start my own little business and make a difference. A lot of my friends would tell me, like, hey, Kuda, I want to make a difference when I make it. What does that mean when you make it, right? What if you never make it? So does it mean that you never make a difference? So it, it's really just a shift in mindset that I was able to experience uh, because of my early business when I was young that has really shaped me and propelled me to where I am today. I want to, kind of, I definitely, I need to unpack literally everything that you're saying, every, everything about you, because th there's just so much influence and so much motivation where one could look at and read your story and be like, wow, I have no excuse because when, right before we were, we started recording, I was reading up on you and I'm like, man, like I, I, I just instantly felt inspired. I'm like, wait, you came here with $40 and you said, I'm going to make this happen. This is going to happen and see you in this position now as you're structuring, you're building these businesses and you have this background and that, and at the age of nine, that entrepreneurship that you, as you mentioned, that itch, that was already planted in you, right? That seed was planted in you and looking at you now, it's clear that it's, it, it's blossomed. So I want to ask you, and I kind of want to, want to, two questions in one, I want to ask you, what is driving you now? Is it the humble beginnings? Is it the influence of the people that you, the lives that you're changing? What's driving you now to take this, uh, this influence and impact that you have to the next level? Like, what is your why? Yeah, so a lot of things. I have I have a lot of things that have kind of like influenced my why. So I'll start with let's say the reason why I have a business that's fighting hunger. When I was seven years old in Zimbabwe, we had a severe drought. So I know what it's like to go to bed on an empty stomach. And having survived that pandemic, because you know that drought was a pandemic or a crisis or whatever. Um, I quickly realized that, you know, we can't rely, let's say, on government or other people to, to kind of like solve the problem. As an entrepreneur, the definition itself to me is you are a problem solver, right? So that's what an entrepreneur does. You solve, you identify problems and you solve them 
And by doing so, you create value, uh, you know, for the people who are purchasing whatever that you're, you're providing, but also value for yourself. Um, and and that's how that's how things happen. So you know, so for me, my why is to really solve issues that I'm passionate about and care about, but do it in an entrepreneurial way so that there's value that's created within the ecosystem. And then I can extract that value to, to make a difference. Right. So if you think about, you know, all of my businesses that I, that I'm involved in right now, they have a give back component to it. So if you talk about unbelievable, the cookie company, we're providing meals. If you talk about, this is my era, my personal development brand, we're providing education. With a sports merchandising brand called Signables, what pro what's going on, guys? It's your hobby, David Sinclair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app and start your journey today. It's that time. Providing uh, access to sports to, to children in need. And the way we're able to do that is we identify a problem. We solve it and we extract the value we, 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 we get through that value creation process and we make a difference. So for me, my big why is this. <clears throat> In life, right, think of it as a, as a bus ride. And when you're born, the bus starts moving. And at some point, it's going to hit your bus stop, right, and your life ends. And nobody knows when that's going to be. So... While you're on the bus ride, make sure that you maximize the time that you have because tomorrow is never guaranteed. About six years ago, my sister, who was uh, about, you know, she was 10 years older than me or so, she just suddenly passed away. A rabid dog just came and bit her, a dog that had rabies, and she got rabies and she died. And when she woke up that morning, she thought, oh, okay, I have, you know, many more years, so many more things that I could do to achieve all the other things that I want to do. But she didn't know that, you know, that was the last day, you know. So there's a sense of urgency for me personally to make sure that I don't waste time. I define now as no opportunity wasted, right? If you think about it, <clears throat> just like money, time is a currency that you, you have every day. Every day you wake up, it's God giving you 24 hours to say like, hey, I'm giving you the gift of 24 hours to go do with it whatever you can do. You can, you can do many things with the 24 hours you get. Number one, you can waste it. You can just Netflix and chill all day and do nothing. Or you can consistently, persistently pursue your potential, right? Meaning that you, you set goals for yourself and then you use the time that you've been given, right, to make sure that as you spend it, remember, time is a currency. That's why we say, like, you spend time. I spend time working. I spend time playing. You're, you're spending that currency you've been given. So for me, my why is to also make sure that the currency of time that I'm being given, I spend it in the most effective and 
profitable, right, in terms of return on investment, way possible. So, so that's my why. I love that. I love, I love how, I love how you broke that down. But also, you're living in your purpose, and I can just tell. I could, I've interviewed so many people, and I can just tell who's living in their purpose. And yeah, I can just tell. You know, your story, uh, your energy, and the way you're breaking it down. You're living, you're living in your purpose. But I want to, I kind of want to unpack. I want to kind of come back uh, for a little bit. We just went through. We're still going through a global pandemic. How have you been able to? you know, uh, you know, adapt and, and, and innovate through these tough times because, you know, a lot of people, of course, you know, people lost, you know, jobs, people lost their lives, you know, being forced to go remotely, no face to face human interaction. How has that transition been for you this past year? Has it been what you expected it to be or better than you expected or you was kind of like caught by surprise a little bit? First of all, I, I didn't have any expectations. I think that's the first thing I always do is like, try not to have expectations of things that are out of your control, right? A global pandemic, what, how can I influence what's happening, right? There's, there's, you know, these are acts of God and these are things out of my control. So I don't focus or spend a lot of energy setting expectations. What I do though, is I look at the facts, right? On, on the ground, right? Okay we have to get into lockdown. And now it's a matter of me controlling my mindset to say, you know, shall I be pessimistic about it or shall I be optimistic about it? Because regardless of the time, right? The time where there, were, uh, there was no pandemic, there were still people out there who were broke, right? There were still people out there who were like, hey, it's it's tough. I don't have, I can't find a job. Because just because of the way they think of the mindset and maybe other factors, it could be self-limiting beliefs, it could be self-doubt, whatever. And there were people who were thriving pre-pandemic. And same thing is true during the pandemic. Do you know how many opportunities were created during the pandemic? So many opportunities, but if, if you're not in the mindset of being a problem solver, seeing that, hey, these are the things that's happening, I cannot control it, but this is the trend. What you need to do is you then need to be savvy enough to think about, hey, how can I make the most out of this? How can I be unshakable so that I am not affected with the pandemic, you know, as, as, you know, as much as possible, right? So I'll give you an example. Right now, mortgage uh, like interest rates are at the lowest point possible in years, right? So if you're, let's say, a homeowner, if you're not spending time thinking about, hey, how can I make make advantage? How can I take advantage of this situation? This this situation will pass you by. If you're saying like, oh, the pandemic is bad, the pandemic is severe, refinance your house, right? You can literally cut your interest rate by you know, half or even more by just doing one thing, making one phone call to, to, to your mortgage company or a mortgage broker and say like, hey, I want to do a refinance. And then you actually then reduce um, your mortgage payment or even take cash out of your property. So now think about it, right? You're, you're saying, oh, there's a pandemic, but there's also an economic opportunity where you can actually set yourself up 
um, for your retirement or for the future or even invest um, during this pandemic. There was the CARES Act that was that was put in last year where people could now take money out of their 401ks we, and defer the, 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 the tax um, penalty. Read into those types of opportunities of what could you do leveraging these new legislations that have come with the pandemic to actually benefit and set yourself up uh, you know, for success for the future. So I'm just giving a couple of examples of small things that people could have done during the pandemic and stop focusing on like, hey, this is a tough time. I think it's an opportunity for you to actually learn and understand and, and equip yourself with the right knowledge to then identify opportunities for you to become uh, successful when everybody else um, who's not focused on the, the 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 opportunities out there could be could be crying. That's that's deep, man. Now I'm you know reading reading a little bit more about you. Um, I know that you went to uh, you know Lynn University, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, Lynn University, and you've also had the experience, as you mentioned, working with you know these five Fortune companies. What was that experience like? you know, going to a university for one, then transitioning, I don't know if it happened directly right after, but transitioning into, okay, this is where I'm at, uh, working with Fortune 500 companies. What, at that moment afterwards from university, Fortune 500 companies, when did you decide that it's time for you to go full, full on entrepreneurship? Okay, you have a, a couple of questions in, in, in that statement, so I'll attack them one by one. So I got hired while I was still in college. So by the day I graduated, you know, like let's say I, I had graduation on Saturday, Monday, it was my first day at work. So I was pretty fortunate in that regard, but I created that opportunity um, by myself in, in terms of, um, <clears throat> I actually uh, went and pitched to the HR person at that company to, you know, to say like, hey, these are my skill sets. look what I've done. I created a business in college. This is the value that I can add to your organization. And you know, the when I when I got hired, that role didn't exist before I started working there. So in a sense, I think it's a mindset thing where sometimes you have the opportunity where you can create what are called no-lose scenarios, right? Because a lot of people are always thinking about win-win or win-lose, but you have an opportunity in, 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 in life where you can go to a business person or someone or anybody and just present to them a no-lose scenario, meaning that if, if it goes bad, they still don't lose. And if it goes great, there's asymmetrical you know, uh, return for them. So anyway, long, long story short there, that's what happened. And like I said, I got hired and um, my role really was to identify opportunities, create business plans for those opportunities, and then present these opportunities to the CEO and the chairman uh, of this uh, multi-billion dollar company. And if they liked it, they'll give us the funding to, to go do it. And if they didn't like it, they'll tell me uh, very directly that they didn't like it. Um, so we, you know, we evaluated, we evaluated close to 50 ideas. Um, about 10 uh, seemed to have a heartbeat. Four actually turned into businesses and a couple of them actually became multi-million dollar opportunities, uh, a couple of which I actually led and I was the, 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 the you know, the guy was driving and building it. And to sum it up, you know, I've, I've created habits 
and routines in my life that enable me to deal with not being in my comfort zone. So what do I mean by that? <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, when you find yourself trying to do, you know, something that you've never done before, you get scared. It's natural. Our brain is wired for survival. It's not wired for you to thrive. So whenever you are trying to do something that's, you know, outrageous, you've never done before, like let's say run a marathon and you don't run, your brain is immediately going to tell you like, hey, you know, it's too much, you know, like just, you know, just work out a little bit. Don't worry about the marathon thing, right? Because naturally that's just the way the brain is, is, is wired. So what I do is every single day I do a process called conscious risk taking, meaning I consciously take a risk knowing that it's going to take me outside of my comfort zone because I want to build that resilience muscle so that when I'm faced with this um, opportunity to say like, hey, go create a multi-million dollar business in a space that you've never done before, because I've built that muscle to be to to able to, to be able to override the program in my brain. So like, ah, can you really do it? You're not really the guy to do it. I can override it because I've built that muscle over time. It's like anything in life. You can learn anything. And that's the beauty about being a human being is that we can adapt, we can learn, and we can grow. Other animals can't really adapt, right? They they just have their natural instinct. And unless if it's kind of like hardwired in them through, you know, things like domestication or, you know, things like that, they just survive the way they know. But with human beings, throw us in Alaska, we'll figure out how to survive. Throw us in the desert, we'll figure out how to survive. Because if, if push comes to shove, we all have that unique ability to be able to override that pre-programmed uh, software in our brain to stay in our comfort zone, because now you have to do what you gotta have to do to survive. So if every single day you're pushing yourself and you're, you're, you're consciously taking a risk, when you're now faced with you know things that require a lot out of you, you're much more better prepared to do that. So for me, uh, it's it's really uh, credited to what I do on a daily basis, and and that's what uh, has enabled me to to achieve some of the things you're you're, you're talking about. And I'll I'll close by this um, on this specific question. People, right? You get rewarded in public for the work that you do in private. So a lot of the people that you see like, oh, this person is super successful or like, let's say LeBron James, look at, you know, how good he is. Yes, he might have, you know, the talent, but it's not just the talent that's gotten him to where he is. It's the workouts that he's doing when you're not watching. It's the 1000 shots a day before he leaves the gym, right? That enable him when it's when it's like right at you know the last second of the game, he takes that winning shot. He's rewarded in public for the tens of thousands of hours that he's put and nobody's watching. So it's the same thing with me. I focus on what are the tens of thousands of hours that I need to invest in certain routines and habits to build my mindset to then become a certain person because nobody is born a CEO.
you have to become a CEO. And there's a process where you need to grow individually uh, to get to that point if you want to be a successful CEO. What's going on, guys? It's your hobby, David. St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speaks show. Thank you for streaming this episode of the St. Clair Speaks show podcast. Don't forget to visit stclairspeaks.com and hustlehop.com and stay up to date with St. Clair Speaks show updates, upcoming guests, live webinar events, and St. Clair Speaks show trade talk. Visit stclairspeaks.com and hustlehop.com today. I mean, just everything that you're saying and now just kind of like leading into you just being a serial entrepreneur. I know you run a couple businesses. You have a nonprofit um, there is uh, the Nunbelievable, a socially conscious baked goods company that donates meals for every box of cookies purchased. There is the This Is My Era, a personal development brand that sells online courses and planners. And of course, there's Signables, a sports uh, collectibles company that makes official licensed merchandise for top uh, soccer teams like Chelsea, Manchester uh, City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yeah, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but go Manchester United, of course. Um, also... Also, um, you also run a nonprofit. Can you tell us a little about a little bit more about the Amani Hope Foundation, a profit organized with a mission to empower unprivileged children? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So as I was growing up in Zimbabwe, I, I realized that there was um, a little bit of um, uh, maybe I should say a social injustice in, in, a, in a sense, because in, in, in a lot of the developing countries like Zimbabwe, public education is not free. So unlike in the US where you, you can just attend public education for free, in Africa, in South America, in Asia, um, in a lot of the developing countries you have to pay. So when I was growing up, I used to see some kids in my neighborhood, my age, that were either orphans or just their parents couldn't afford who weren't going to school. So when I came to the US, I, I quickly realized that I was blessed to, you know, get an American education to even get this far, because some of these children don't even get primary school education. So we decided to create the Amani Hope Foundation. Amani is a Swahili word that means peace. And we, we picked that specific word because the, the scholars that we give uh, scholarships to, we give them peace of mind. Because now they don't have to worry about who's going to pay for my tuition. How am I going to get an education? Now they have peace of mind because when we bring you into our program, we support you until you graduate high school. So it's a commitment that we're making to these kids because some of them, we pick them up in first grade, some, some of them in fifth grade, but we take them up all the way to 12th grade. Um, and for me, it's, it's, it's my way to really empower the future generations so that they could be powerful. And I have a specific focus for Africa because I grew up in Africa, but Africa also has a huge population of, you know, people of, 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 of people who are under the age of 15. And as a result, you have, you know, a, a generation of, 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 of kids who are going to be the future leaders of tomorrow who are not getting an education. So... To give you some of the stats, the U United Nations reports that about 66 million children of primary school age, meaning from 6 to 12 years old, do not have access to an education. And 50% of those are in sub-Saharan Africa. So more than 30 million children in sub-Saharan Africa don't get an education. So to put it into context, 
30 million is give or take the population of Canada. So think about it. You have an entire country. So let's say if no one in, in Canada was educated, that's how big the issue is, is, is in Africa. So what we're doing where we're educating hundreds of kids, we're basically just making a very small dent in the issue. But the reason we do it is we want to inspire people, right, to also uh, create vehicles and projects that can also make a difference because I by myself won't solve it. But if I can do it, come on your podcast, inspire a listener to start their own project and they also educate a hundred. And then the, the same thing happens over time, we will start really making um, some efforts and moving the needle, right? Because more and more people are becoming conscious about their ability to also make a difference. There's nothing special about me. You, you read my, my background, my past. I was born in Zimbabwe. I came to America with very little. But what I did have, though, is passion and perseverance to continue pushing even when things were hard. And we all do have that unique ability to just continue pushing and, and, and making things happen. There's so many other success stories of people out there, people who've done so much more than what I've done, who've also come from even far worse backgrounds than, than me. So it is possible to, 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 to you know, uh, create uh, and design a life that, that you want and also to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. I, th I think what you're doing is, man, I think that's just absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I want to say like, you know, you're, you're, you're evening the playing field. You're giving, you're giving the, these children the opportunity, right? I want to say the opportunity that you never had, but when you were younger, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Was there someone in that, in a position like you, was someone doing what you're doing now when you were that age, like six, seven back in Zimbabwe, was there someone doing what you're doing now? Or was this the, I want to say, I'm not going to say survivor's guilt, but when you came to America, did you see like, okay, I made it happen for me. This is, I want to say, you, this is your opportunity to give back, but this is also your opportunity to give back and educate at the same time. What, what was that process like? And did you see any inspiration for yourself growing up? Was there someone doing something similar that kind of like planted that seed as well? Yeah. So for me, like I said, I would always see others, right? Because I saw firsthand, I knew some of the people, like these were people my age in my neighborhood and um, so, so I, I knew uh, a lot of these kids, I was inspired by many people. There are a lot of people who have been able to become successful in business and, uh, make a difference. One of them being a guy called Strive Masiwa, um, Strive Masiwa, super successful business person. He's from Zimbabwe. He's now based in London. He sits on the board for Netflix and he started, um, Econet Global, which is a telecommunications company. Strive has done it on a whole nother level. He's educated more than 250,000 children. And I'm talking about both educating them in Africa, but also even paying for their college to come to the US, to schools like Morehouse, Yale, and so forth and so forth. So he was one inspiration. Um, and he's a business person like me, but also is leveraging business to make a difference. So he was one person that I definitely emulated. And in my book, I actually talk about how I, you know, read his story and his story served as an inspiration for me 
to actually also become uh, a, a purpose-driven businessman. So, so, so Strive is, is definitely a person I can attribute role modeling um, what I do now today. Let's dive into. I'm glad that you brought up the book. Can can let's let let's dive into the book and the inspiration behind writing the book. Yeah, so my book is called The Spear Method: Five Simple Steps to Balanced Success and Fulfillment. So you find that you know society kind of like tells you you know you know sometimes just focus on being successful, and then you know once you're successful, then you can focus on being fulfilled or there's a school of thought of like, Oh, just be happy. And, you know, don't chase success or like, you know, becoming wealthy or whatever. Um, but I don't agree with both. I, I am of the mindset that you can actually pursue both success and fulfillment, meaning you can build, you know, businesses and become, you know, financially wealthy, but at the same time, you're also happy, right? What you find is that if you chase one over the other, your life will never be in balance. So, for example, if you're that, you know, millionaire who's miserable, right, you might have all the money in the world. You might have the Benzes, the big mansions, the jets. But if you're miserable, would you want to be a miserable billionaire? You wouldn't, right? Or would you want to be super happy, but you don't have money to pay for your electricity? Your kids don't know where their next meal is going to come from, but you're happy. You're not, right? So what you want to do is you want to be happy, fulfilled, but also you want to be financially uh, successful. So <clears throat> what I did is I went on a journey where I started looking into how have people in, 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 in their lives been able to become successful and fulfilled. I, I interviewed self-made millionaires, professional athletes, people in Hollywood, um, people who've been dealt with very tough hands in their life, like Sean Callagy, for example. He was born with a degenerative eye disease where he, he's, he started losing his eyesight when he was in high school, and now he's legally blind, but he's been able to become one of the top lawyers in America, winning over $300 million in settlements um, you know, in court and creating a movement called Unblinded that has changed uh, the lives of so many people. But if you think about the hand he was dealt, it's a tough hand, but he's been able to achieve both success and fulfillment. So I, I spoke to all these people and what I was able to learn was that they, there were five things that these people did that enabled them to achieve success and also to become uh, fulfilled. And the first thing they did is they had clarity on their purpose. So the first step in the SPEAR method, because it's called SPEAR method, is you need to seek your purpose. There are so many people in life today who live life not even knowing their calling, like your why, your purpose. You just wake up and, you know, you just go with the flow. But if you're not living in your purpose, you're, 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 you're pretty much setting yourself up to never be fulfilled because there will always be that void where you're not, you know, um, fulfilling your purpose. So that is the first step you need to do is you need to take time and really uh, understand what your purpose is. And in the book, 
I talk about a process that I went through with a guy called uh, Rich Keller to help me fully articulate my purpose and also a list of questions that you can ask yourself um, to, 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 to help you on that journey in understanding your purpose. And once you understand your purpose, the next thing you have to do is you have to plan, right? Because failing to plan is planning to fail. So once you have an understanding of like, hey, this is my life's purpose, you actually want to now start spending time thinking about, okay, how am I gonna spend my time? Remember the currency we were talking about of spending time? How am I gonna spend my time today in pursuit of my life's purpose? So you wanna do that. And um, planning is super important. And I, I mentioned earlier that I went to aviation school to learn how to fly, but I was also in the business school, I was double majoring. And what I found interesting was that in business school, they'll tell us every business needs a business plan. Oh, okay, that's aviation classes, then they go like, hey, before you take off, every flight needs a flight plan. So if you think about it, what about your own life, right? Do you just want to wing it? Or at least you want to have a plan to say like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to get there and how I'm going to arrive to my purpose. So you need to take time every single day, even if it's for five minutes, to plan your agenda, to plan your time, and also to, 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 to plan how you're going to um, take actions to make sure that you achieve the goals that you've set you know, at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the month or the beginning of the week. Uh, to make sure you achieve that. So that's number two. Number three is execution, right? Because if you spend the time finding your purpose, you come up with a plan, but you actually don't execute the plan, what's the point? So execution is key. And there's a famous quote by Mark Twain that says the two most important days in life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. But I like to remix things, so I remix that code and I say that there are three important days in life. The day you're born, the day you find out why, but each day you act on your why. Because it's super important that every single day, even if it's for an hour, even if it's for 15 minutes, you need to apply some sort of action towards your purpose. You obviously want to be spending a lot of the time on your purpose because that's what's going to get you there quicker, but you need to execute. Execution eats strategy for breakfast, so you need to make sure that you're executing and showing up every single day. And then the next phase is achieve, right? We all know Newton's third law of motion, right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if you execute, you're going to achieve something. It might mean that you achieve 100% of your goal or you achieve 5% of your goal. What you want to be able to do is you want to be tracking, right, how much you are achieving um, through the actions that you're taking. Because then what that will do is it will enable you to repeat the process, which is the last one, repeat, um, because you're keeping track of your achievements and your uh, progress towards achieving that goal or that milestone that you've set within your purpose. So that is the SPEAR method. So it's seek your purpose, plan, execute, achieve, repeat. So so that's uh, what it's all about. Freaking love that, man. I love that spirit. Oh my gosh, man, that makes so much sense. So I want to ask you this because you kind of touched on it a little bit. I want to know 
for, for you, you're, you know, you're very successful. You're running these businesses. You're a very busy man. But how do you unplug? How do you reset? You know, what does what does your off day look like? You know, I'm all about studying success, but I also want to know what keep what, what keeps you focused? You know, like it, no work, no work, no business. What do you do? You, you know, your days already, your, your days are done. You've accomplished everything. What does that, you know, your off day look like? If you have an off day or reset day, what does that look like? <clears throat> so a couple of things I'll, I'll, I'll mention. Again, we have 24 hours in a day. You can decide to give yourself a mini vacation every day. It's a concept I learned from a guy called David Meltzer, where, you know, he talks about like, hey, even if it's an hour to go play golf, it's 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 a vacation. Like I don't need to wait um, for those like two weeks at the end of the year to give myself a vacation. I can give my vacation. I can give myself a vacation every single day. So I try to incorporate that same thinking that David Meltzer talks about into into uh, my own life. And the way I do it is I just plan out my day, and I have time on my calendar every single day, one hour that's just for myself, that I do whatever I want. If I want to take a nap, I take a nap. If I want to go you know, play soccer or do whatever, it's that one hour vacation for myself to reset, to unplug, unwind, and you know, to, to, to just help myself uh, you know, perform at the highest level when, 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 I'm, when I'm doing uh, other things. Um, but when it comes to more of kind of like a day where I try not to work as much, it's Sundays. So Sundays, I usually read. Um, I do the odd podcast here and there. Like now, I call my parents in Africa. I connect with my with my siblings. I watch soccer. I'm a big soccer fan. Um, and I spend time with my wife. So, so those are kind of like the things I try to do kind of like on an off day. But I try to be consistent about having time every single day where it's just for myself. And I get to just, you know, um, connect and unwind and not focus on on anything and just give myself that mini vacation every single day. Oh, no, I love it, man. I, I freaking I freaking love it. I love how, you know, you, you have that you have that me time. You're set on it. If it's an hour block, it's dedicated to you. So you could so you could pretty much go out there and perform your best. So tell us a little bit more. Um, you know, I want to know. I want to know about you know you, the speaker. Um, as a, as a speaker, what is the message? I mean, does it? Uh, what is the message that um, you want to uh, pretty much just put out there whenever you're booked for a, a speaking engagement? Um, do you? Is it corporations that you know you you speak for? Is it the youth that you're targeting? What is the ideal message that you want the audience to take away from having you as a speaker? Because for me personally, I can just tell you right off the bat, I'm getting out like from this interview. What I'm feeling from you is I'm like, wow, like this guy is really like really like you're a really good speaker. One, two, I'm getting all of this self. Uh, improvement. That's why I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling more self-improved, more self-developed right now. Just listening to you speak on this podcast. So, uh, tell us a little bit more about you as a speaker. Yeah. So I, you know, I got my speech to the audience, right? So the, you know, you always need to 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 do that. And if I if 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 it's a audience that I feel I'm not qualified to to speak you know i don't i don't take i don't take it 
but generally what I what I like to speak about is I like to speak about you know your potential right like how can you you know fully uh, maximize your potential um, I like to talk about you know goal setting setting goals and, and how you can chase that um, I, I talk I like to talk about routines in fact I'm gonna be doing a workshop on the 25th of March where I'm gonna be talking about F your morning routines, right? Everybody's always talking about, you know, oh, morning routines that, but I've actually identified that there actually are other much more important routines um, than your morning routine. So I also like to talk about that because, you know, for example, if, if you have a horrible evening routine, right? Where like, let's say you only sleep two hours a night, even if you have the best uh, morning routine ever, it's not gonna work because you start your morning already down. So, so I like also to talk about morning routines. I also like to talk about social impact and how we can give back and, and, and make a legacy. So like I said, it all depends with the message, the audience, uh, the topic or the theme of the conference or the event. And um, I'm very versatile. I can take, um, you know, things that have happened in my life and apply it to, to you know, a lot of topics. So, so it all depends on that. And one thing I'll just say about speaking is that, you know, <clears throat> speaking, it's really storytelling. You know, if you're thinking about becoming a speaker or if it's something that you want to do, you just need to learn how to tell stories. Because if you just know how to tell stories, you can tell stories in a way that uh, enables you to then bring out or, or uh, articulate a point with the message you're trying to teach. So I think if there are any aspiring listeners on this podcast, just learning the art of storytelling will, will change the whole game because you can tell the same story, but draw out different points or different lessons or different conclusions from the same story. So, so I think for, for me, it's just learning that skill and watching other, you know, highly successful uh, speakers and communicators do that. I have the fortune to, to, to be working close to people like Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is involved in our cookie company and I get to go to his events. I get to see how he delivers, um, you know, his his you know his his speech, his speaking engagements, and how he tells stories to articulate points. And I'm I'm a student as well. So you know, we 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 talk about the the events that I've spoken at. What's missing in the bio is probably the events that I attend as a student listening and watching and learning, I probably do more of that than I actually do of going on stage and speaking. Beautiful, man. You know, st you know, being a student of success, man, that's what it's all about right there. I wanted to ask you adversity, adversity as a black man in business, how have you been able to overcome adversity because there's the beauty and then there's the ugly side of entrepreneurship it's not just bubblegum roses every day right there there's some times where things don't go as planned or this happens or whatever happens out the blue that's out of your control as we mentioned earlier in the podcast but how have you been able to stay the course not lose focus and respond to adversity uh, well 
I don't look at adversity as adversity. I look at it as learning experiences. So if you just frame your mind in that regard to say like, hey, I'm just learning, you 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 just do it. And then the other thing too is, you know, within reason, obviously, don't take no for an answer, right? If you have a goal that you have set, just pursue it until you get it. So I'll give you an example. My dream was always to come to America, right, for an education. But I came from a middle-class family and there was no way that my parents could afford to pay for an American education, right? It's $40,000, $50,000 per year, you know, for four years, that's like $200,000, right? My parents didn't have that type of money. So when I graduated high school, my parents were like, hey, Kuda, we support you in your dream of coming to America, but you're going to have to figure this out on your own. And what's ironic about it is that at the same time, I got a, 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 a full ride, you know, opportunity to go to the best university in Zimbabwe. So now I have this opportunity to go to this like amazing university in Zimbabwe, but my dream is to come to America. And who knows if I'm going to get accepted by the colleges or if I'm even going to get uh, a scholarship to come. But I turned that Zimbabwean opportunity down because I knew if I was to take it, I would never pursue my dream of coming to America. So I, I risked I risked it all. I was all in, right? And it took me two years from the day I turned down that opportunity to the day I finally got on a plane and flew to Miami to come to America. Now, if you think about it, right, you graduate high school with your friends and for two years, you're just applying for scholarships, you're applying for you know schools, but they're in college. They finish their first year. You're still in the same place. They finish their second year. You're still in the same place. You start asking yourself a lot of questions like, was it smart? Should I have listened to them? You know, and, and so forth and so forth. And it was through that process where I was able to really build really strong mental strength, which is sometimes when you're chasing a goal, right? And especially if it's something big, something life-changing, it will never be an easy road, right? It's never going to be easy. And I believe in the Spartan creed, which is bleed more in training so that you can bleed less in war, right? By the time I came to the US, because I'd gone through this, you know, process of like just building my mental fortitude and just chasing this dream relentlessly, although I came with that $40 in my pocket, I was ready. Like I wasn't going to let this opportunity slip because of what I went through in training. Now I was in war, right? I was here and now I had to, you know, take my classes, do whatever. But I've bled everything in training, meaning that whatever adversity came my way, it wouldn't stand a chance because I'm ready, right? And for, for some of the things that other people would, would bring them down and, you know, I'll just be like, I'm going to find a way, I'm going to find a way, I'm going to find a way. Even if it took me, you know, the whole night, I, I, I wouldn't sleep until, until I find a way. So it's really that relentless um, pursuit um, that I've been able to build over time that enables me to, to, to address um, situations accordingly. And one thing I'll point out too is that with every level comes 
a whole nother devil, so to say. Like when you're climbing up, right, things don't get easier. Things become harder. What might become easier is your ability to handle the pressure, right? So think about it. There was a day where Amazon was a dream for Jeff Bezos. He, 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 he was like, oh, what, would, what if I could create this? There were pressures or adversity that he faced, but it's not to the same scale as now where it's this trillion dollar like market capitalization company with thousands and thousands of employees. And, you know, like think about the, 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 the decisions that he has to make now how they impact not just him, his employees, but the world at scale. But before when Amazon was still maybe an idea, the pressure was like, you know, this compared to it now. But what he's been able to do over time, which I would guess, is to then build the, the thick skin to be able to deal with that adversity and, and that pressure. And these are obviously new uh, territories that you will always be facing because the business is growing and, and and so forth and so forth. But by being able to just consistently go in every single day, face adversity in the face, do whatever you need to do to punch it in the face to move on, you just continuously do that. So that's the same thing I do. I'm faced by new situations every single day. We're growing and we're scaling uh, the businesses. We're hiring people, managing so many different personalities and, and so forth and so forth. But you, you also just have to develop that thick skin that enables you to, to deal with it as you go. You also need to be able to lean into mentors, people who've been there, done that, that can kind of like tell you how they fought these wars when, when, when they were on the battlefront. So I, I lean in a lot into my mentors. Um, and I also try to do the same for, for the other younger kids who are coming up and who see you know a small little thing as like the world is ending I'm able to be also that voice of reason and bring that calmness to them so that they can also navigate their way. And that is incredible. I wish I wish this episode was streamable, right, to do Zimbabwe so people could actually sit and, and, and watch and listen to just like the, the, the words of just inspiration to, to, to hear the story is one thing, right? But to actually see it and to live that living proof as you're living it now, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if, you know, you have these flashback moments of just humble beginnings, but man, it's just your why, your story, it's it's very powerful. And I really, really am, uh, I, I'm i blown away, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm blown away. I'm, I'm speechless. I literally lost my train of thought because it's like, like you, 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 could, you could change the world, right? You could impact the world if you just take action, right? You mentioned uh, Jeff Bezos. If that was once an idea for him. And look how Amazon changed the world. My girl's always ordering something on Amazon. But um, the, the ideas that we have, once we take that action behind it, it's, it's a very powerful thing. And to see what you're doing, how you're doing it, and not only you, you know you impacting the world, but you're at a point where you are very successful and you're still seeking more success through mentorship. And I think that's the real inspiring thing because no matter what level you're at, you're still looking to achieve more and put more into you. You're investing in you pretty much, and it's and it's paying off. It's it's, it's truth and it's evident because I'm looking right at it. So in closing thought, I want you to kind of take it away here. Um, just 
in closing thought, what do you want the audience, the listeners, you know, streaming this episode of the podcast, what do you want them to take away from, you know, listening to your story? Yeah, you know, I think there's so many lessons uh, that, that were shared. So what I would like personally is for people to take whatever lesson they believe is the most applicable to their situation. Because people are at different parts of their journeys in life. We spoke about so many different things. Um, uh, but but the key thing that I would hope that they, they really take time and invest the time to actually do is seeking their purpose. Because that becomes the filter for everything. A lot of people are just living aimless and aimlessly, not knowing what to do with their lives or where to go. And you know, just because they don't know their purpose. So I think a good starting point would be that, is that take time to, to, to really seek your purpose and go check out the Spear Method. Go to spearmethod.com. Uh, that's my personal website, the website for my book. Grab a copy of the book and, and read it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of depth in there and it's, you know, part of it is my material, but a lot of it, it's material from other people, people that I've interviewed who've been uh, able to achieve tremendous success um, in, in their lives. So I think that could be like a really key takeaway I would love the audience to, to take. And, and once you know your purpose, go out there, come up with a plan, pursue it, you know, take action every single day. And a year from now, you know, look back and, and see the amazing things that you would have achieved um, once, once you've done that. So, so that, that would be it. That's great. That's great. Also, give us um, if you have if you have a book recommendation for the audience, give us a book recommendation that comes to mind, and also tell us where we could catch up and follow you on social media as well. Yes. So, <clears throat> you know, given the pandemic and everything that's been going on, I know a lot of people right now they are worried about their financial lives. Right? Um, people are losing jobs. Some people being furloughed and just a lot of uncertainty around finances. And finances are things that affect everybody, right? Um, we all need to have money to pay for things. So the book that I would recommend is Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. He goes in depth on how to master uh, your personal finances. And regardless of where you are in the journey, you know, you could find material in there to help you help optimize what you're already doing. And if you're still very early in the journey, you can really learn material to, to really help you put a firm foundation on your personal uh, finances. And then to connect with me, like I said, you can go to my personal website, spearmethod.com, or you can find me on Instagram, kudabiza, so K-U-D-A-B-I-Z-A, kudabiza. And um, we, can, we can connect on, on IG. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Oh, man. To wrap up this episode of the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast, guys, please do not forget to like, share, and subscribe to the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast. You can stream this episode and all episodes streaming now on Audible, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast. You could watch this full interview on YouTube. Click the links in description and go directly to Kuda's website and also follow him and connect with him on social media. This man is impacting and changing the world. If this story doesn't inspire you, I don't know what story will. Until next time, guys, it's that time.
I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.